Hey, this is the Building for Digital Equity podcast, where we talk to people working to expand internet access, address affordability, teach digital skills, or distribute affordable devices. We talk with those working on the front lines of giving everyone everywhere the opportunity to participate fully in the digital world. Whether in rural areas or cities, our guests here are doing the often unglamorous jobs in places that have been left behind. This show comes to you from the Community Broadband Networks team at the Institute for Local Self-Reliance, where we have long produced the Community Broadband Bits podcast and the Connect This Show. Building for Digital Equity features short interviews from Emma Gautier, Christopher Mitchell, and me, Sean Gonzalez, talking to people at the events we are attending to highlight the interesting work and inspirational stories to get internet access to everyone. Now, let's see who we have today. I'm here with Dave Sevick, the Computer Reach Executive Director. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for yeah. having me. Sorry, I said welcome back. We hung out, but we didn't do an interview last time we, we talked. We hung out in Portland yes. several times. At the previous net inclusion. And uh, I'm from uh, the eastern side of Pennsylvania. You're over there on the western side. I grew up in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. What's going on in Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh's growing. Uh, we have a lot of ISPs in the area. And uh, we're, we're trying to encourage them to take people in their ACP programs. So is that's that, the big thing right now. Before ACP, what was Computer Reach doing? Computer Reach has been around 23 years. Uh, we're a device refurbisher for the whole southwestern Pennsylvania area. We also do uh, digital literacy training sessions all over, mostly with older adults. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we do digital navigator visits. Our, uh, our digital navigator program is different than most because we go into people's homes all the time, standard, instead of phone calls. So we've been doing digital navigator work for two years, and we're here on the Google brand as well. So when you say going into homes, that's challenging, right? I mean, like when I talk with Internet service providers, they, they do a lot. They historically have done a lot to try and keep their technicians out of homes because right. anything can happen inside the home. Right. And you need to have people that have a lot of people skills to navigate that. That's exactly right. The hiring so, process is very we're very careful to hire the right people, with the, the, the technical skills and especially the soft skills. Mm-hmm. Now, I. The Digital Equity Act is poised to, I think, give organizations mm-hmm. like yours more resources here, both through uh, the state, the federal government, competitive grants. How are you funded before, and how are you funded right now, I guess, before this money is available? Um, the foundation community in Pittsburgh, there's quite a few foundations there. Uh, we sell computers. We have a little computer store. Mm-hmm. Machines are between 50 to $300. And um, individual donations. We have a lot of big donors over our 23 years. We made a lot of friends. So that's how we fund ourselves. Excellent. And so how are you getting ready to take advantage of the Digital Equity Act and, and the money that's available, the new opportunity that's available, right. probably other people coming into this space that want to do similar things? How, how are you looking right. at the future? Well, we applied for the um, Your Home, Your Internet grant, the FCC outreach grant, mm-hmm. and had somebody help us do that. Uh, we're working for the Just Transition Fund to help coal country counties they're doing in Pennsylvania really exciting work right yeah, yeah they approached us said would you like a grant and uh, we found out it was pretty smooth process because they have grant writers that they that they uh, contract out to help us so we got in before the January 9th deadline we're hoping to work in Fayette and Green County right now we're doing a lot of work in Washington County we've always done well in the urban Pittsburgh region mm-hmm. now we're moving on to the rural areas and that's that's challenging how is that different from being active in the urban areas 
um, there's a lot of accessibility. There's buses. Uh, people are in a dense, densely populated area. So you could do a multi-dwelling unit, a senior home, and take care of 30 to 40 people at one time. Uh, in Washington, Green, and Fayette counties, everybody lives 20 miles apart. So in a day's work with mm -hmm. your digital navigators, you might help two or three people. When you're in Pittsburgh, you can help maybe 10 people. One digital the, navigator. The mm -hmm. rural internet service providers call that windshield time. A lot of windshield time. That's right. <laughs> and the, the cost of gas is, you know, inflation really hurts our bottom line. So, but we know that we have good um, touch points. We get four sections of data. We do a one-hour visit to people's homes to get them started with digital navigator services, email, how to get on the internet. And then uh, the next three sessions are designed by the user. They may just want something simple. They may want to do workforce development stuff with uh, Google or uh, Microsoft. Are your digital so. navigators all able to do that or do some of them specialize? And so you have to schedule the right digital navigator for someone that has a specific interest in mind. Right. Our digital navigators go through about a month of training and shadowing myself because I was support for Apple Computer for years. Mm -hmm. So we teach them how to do a home visit, not embarrass anybody, be very supportive, mm -hmm. um, encouraging, don't rush anybody. And then after they shadow me, they can go out on the road with the right skills and the right attitude. Are these mm. usually people that have undergraduate degrees and things, or is there like a set of qualifications that are common? Well, our digital navigator, digital inclusion director has college degree, he's experienced, Will Perez. And then we have uh, Zach Peterson, he has college degree. Mm -hmm. And uh, they both have college degrees. So they're graduates, they have good, good skills, good tech skills. But again, it's their soft skills when you're a digital navigator, it's 80% social work and 20% tech. I had I heard a story that when the Geek Squad started back mm -hmm. a long time ago, and I had a friend who worked for it and back in those early years, mm -hmm. the stories he told going to people's homes. <laughs> but right. one of the things that, uh, that he told me was that early on, Geek Squad folks had tried to hire people that knew how to use computers well mm -hmm. and teach them soft skills. And then after a year or two, they flipped and they hired people that didn't know much about computers but knew how to communicate right. and then taught them the computer skills. Yeah, that's actually Apple Computer's model too. Okay. When you go to, the, I can't say how many people were really good techies and they went thought they could easily get a job at the Apple store. Mm -hmm. And the answer is no. They want people that know retail and can talk to people and right. not, not act like they're frustrated or roll their eyes or walk away. <laughs> so uh, that's why Apple's so successful. So I follow the same model. We look for, when we interview, we can tell if someone's going to be a good fit. Mm -hmm. Kind of challenge them with questions, give them difficult situations, ask them how they would handle it, rather than if they know, you know, all the sizes of RAM, and you know the difference between a SATA drive and a hard, you know, right. SSD. Th those questions really don't matter as much as how do you talk to people, how do you relate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Michael Lewis also had talked about in um, one of his podcast series. I'm a huge fan of his. Me too. And, yeah. um, the, the one where he was talking about the person who runs a moving company and he would lie to people that came to apply and he would say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, things got jostled around today. Can you just help me? I need to move my furniture from one area of the one end of the office to the other yeah. so he could watch how they use their body and moved in space. Uh -huh. and, and that was his tryout, really. And huh. it was this, you know, false premise that, How about that. But everyone came in, and he just spent the day interviewing people, moving his stuff from one side of the room to the other with different people. Yeah, there, there's some skills you can't teach. Uh, we have a, a new digital navigator named Sarah Radcliffe. Um, she has Washington County, which is very rural, coal mm -hmm. country, and she's just fantastic. You could tell during the interview she was going to be a good fit. Right. Yeah. 
When you are assessing this, now you're expanding your reach to greater numbers of people, mm -hmm. but do you have a sense, I mean, if you just look in the Pittsburgh area, in the urban area where you've been working, right. is the need increasing? Is it decreasing? Is it staying level in terms of people that need the help that you're offering? You know, the people that need help are hard to identify and find. So we do a cohort model where we ask our partners, the housing authorities, uh, the libraries and all that, school districts, number one school districts. They know everybody that's on SNAP. Mm -hmm. they, they know people that are struggling. So we don't cold call anybody or advertise in the newspaper. We go to our partners and say, give me the list of who needs, mm -hmm. who needs a computer, who needs training, who needs to have internet that they can't afford. So um, that's how we expand through our partners telling us who needs the work. And then they also give us all the demographic data so our asset mapping is really accurate. They can frequently just give us a spreadsheet. We don't share that personal data, uh, the PID at all. Mm -hmm. So um, that's how we expand. But rural's tough. People don't trust anyone. That's why we, Sarah's from Washington County. She grew up there. She knows everybody. So that makes a big difference. Just getting the trust of your partners and then right. trust of the school districts and then trust of the families. Oh, yeah, I live down by the general store. Yeah, I remember Bob. Yeah. Next thing you know, everybody in that building or everybody in that neighborhood is willing, willing to participate. Yeah. That's excellent. Yeah, that's our model. It's different than a lot of others. Yeah. And do you, uh, when you come to an event like this, I have to feel like you could probably be on several of the panels. What, what do you get out of uh, coming to an event like this? It's a lot of, I mean, like we're talking 80%, 90% of people have not been to a digital, to a net inclusion before. Right, right. I've been to them all. <laughs> Excellent. You're one of the and few. I, yeah, and I look forward to that. I remember when it was just 100 people, you know, mm -hmm. at the beginning when Angela was getting started. Angela and Bill both. Yes. But uh, I, this is, I really look forward to this every year. I get to meet in person the people that I talk to online and actually talk a little bit deeper, have a few beers. Mm -hmm. So I look forward to it every year. It's, yes, it's, uh, I, I just feel like it's inspiring, you know, and I, I can never... I can never really fully expect it. And I, and I always kind of think, like, this is it's a week. So I'm, I'm doing a lot of things. I'm missing right. my family. I'm traveling too much. <laughs> and then I come here, and I'm like, oh, my, there's just so many great people. And it's just yeah. so inspiring to be able well, to do Well, your podcasts are great. I mean, I listen oh, to your you. podcasts. So get yeah. a, lot in, a lot of good information. Yeah. Good sense of humor. I love that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah. I find that a lot of people appreciate it. And then a few people are really annoyed by it. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. Can't avoid it. I get it. Um, what is, what, what do you think this is going? I mean, do you think in five to 10 years, we're still going to have a large population of people who needs this training or are we sort of whittling down the number of people who need it over we're, time? Uh, you know, we talk about that all the time. We're a refurbisher. We've been doing that for 20, 23 years now. Mm -hmm. We do about a thousand to 1500 a year. We're not as big as PCs for people or human IT, mm -hmm. but we, we get quite a few computers out to the Western Pen Western Pennsylvania, those machines are getting less repairable every year. So we're backing off of the refurbishing and we're going to do the digital navigator support because everybody needs support on how to use a computer mm -hmm. or how to manage the internet, how to be safe when surfing the internet. All of that increases all the time. Western Pennsylvania has a large population of older folks. So we focus a lot on senior, senior care and uh, nursing homes, um, senior, yeah. We're a big part of uh, Presbyterian Senior Care. They have mm -hmm. 43 sites, but I could list a bunch. But um, mm -hmm. but do you I, think in five or ten years we're going to have, you're still going to be overflowing? Or do you think there's a period at which your services, like you might be pivoting again to do some other form of support? Right. Because at that point, 
people will just I feel like younger people are coming up. I I think right. they'll need less training because right. you you intuitively went to older Americans. That's right. Yeah, I, I I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But right now there's a massive population of older folks. Fortunately, they like old computers and they love big screens, sure. which are hard to refurbish. So we're a sweet spot right now where all these big bank machines that are five to 10 years old with huge 17-inch screens are very attractive. Right. Whereas the younger folks want portable devices that have small screens. So where? When you say they're harder to refurbish, is this like a, uh, um, a uh, oh, what's the, the movement, the, the iFixit, the, uh-huh. um, is this the right to repair kind of thing? Where yes, we're devices are they're yeah. glued together now and you right. just don't have the components, yeah, you can't take them apart? Yeah, Kyle Wines that does that is great. Uh, we're iFixit Pro members, okay. part of that movement, the repair movement. Mm-hmm. I think they just got through to John Deere, right? Now you can fix your John Deere tractor. Which but, is interesting. I think they struck an interesting deal where I think John Deere has some some sort of like control over where, how far they go and things like that. Right. So uh, I'm very curious to see how this works out. Yeah, yeah, they kind of worked out a deal, but they're yeah. they're moving so in the right do. they're moving in the right direction. Yeah. So to answer your question directly, we are going to still refurbish computers mm-hmm. as much as we can, but big old clunky desktops take up a lot of room in your warehouse, and it's expensive to run a warehouse. So you have to balance all that. Where um, where are you on the debate then about, like, for instance, Deb Sosha has told me before that in her experience, it's just more convenient to get a new Chromecast, a new, not Chromecast, a new Chromebook, right. or a simple device, which in this case would have a smaller screen likely. You might have to get a separate bigger screen for, right. for some of the folks that need it. And then you're just not dealing with the problems that could come from the refurbishing and things like that. One solution doesn't fit all. Uh, I am not pro Chromebook. Uh, because if you have to install any Microsoft apps or anything, mm-hmm. you can't do it on a Chromebook. Right. It forces you into having a Gmail account. So we, we stray away from Chromebooks mm-hmm. unless somebody wants it just for surfing the web. And they happen to have a Gmail account. Mm-hmm. And they understand the limitations of a, a pretty slow but small device. Right. Uh, we, we prefer to have a Lenovo desktop, an i5 or an i7 Lenovo. We can do a lot more with that. Mm-hmm. And we're very, uh, about 90% of what we do is Linux. We have our own distribution of Ubuntu Linux, oh, okay. which is easy to support. The repair calls are very minimal. We do Windows too, but there's a lot of phone calls on the Windows side constantly. And does that when mm-hmm. so you mentioned the Microsoft Office? Will right. that Ubuntu? Is that what you called it? Will not run Microsoft okay. Office. Okay, so I wasn't sure about the level of like Wine yeah. support. The the sort of um, I don't well, even know if Wine's still a thing. Well, anymore. we use Lib- LibreOffice. <laughs> okay, they I use that to be, too in my yeah. main computer at yeah. home. And you yeah. can use it on Mac, Windows, and Linux. Right. So it's it's, a, it's a good product, and you can yep. save things out. So mm-hmm. a lot of our digital navigator work with people who've never had a computer is on Linux on how to save documents. We good? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. I know that gets a little bit wonky in the weeds there, but we use LibreOffice and as much free software as possible. That's exciting. I just, mm-hmm. I remember arguing with my dad 20 years ago because he was, you know, we were arguing about Windows and I was really getting into Linux. Right. And he was saying he feel he was like, yeah, I've you've seen this before and it's just not going to get that far. And I said, I think over time the desktop's not going to, I mean, like people mm-hmm. argue all the time, like why is Windows releasing new versions? What do we really right. need? Like just changing the position of the taskbar. Right. And, and I do feel like we're at this place Linux has taken longer to hit adoption, but I just feel like we're going to keep seeing that market share grow as people appreciate the benefits of it. It, When you have someone that's never seen a computer before and you introduce them to Linux, and we do with a a quick learning, a quick sheet, Mm -hmm. a quick start sheet, they do fine. They spend 90% of their time in a browser Mm -hmm. doing everything they need. Right. And Linux is solid as a rock. Yeah. So we, we love it. We're also part of the Linux clubs in Pittsburgh, so we... 
encourage it. That's exciting. That's very cool. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else we should talk about while we're here? I'm glad you're here. <laughs> so uh, am I. <laughs> no, I, I, um, I think Angela Seifer does a great job. Uh, 800 people here. 800 people. Yes. Yes. That's, that's amazing. And I think there's probably a lot more. I mean, we don't know yet how many people are going to be on the live stream, but right. a lot of people are going to be watching. Right. Uh, very excited. For people that uh, are doing this work, if you're listening to this, mm -hmm. get out to a show and then come out and meet people. There's right. really great people that come to these, the relationships you'll form. Um, you right. know, there'll be one in 2024 and, uh, and definitely come out for it. Yeah, the NDIA website's great too. I got to mention that. It, a lot of good directions on how to start a coalition, mm -hmm. how to get digital navigators trained. So we follow their lead quite a bit. And then the listserv is awesome. It's significant. You have to, you know, you gotta, you, you might want to do a little filtering to, to not have it overwhelm your inbox generally, sure. but, but it's full of good information and it is. people are really doing great work. I mean, government leaders, you know, not just, you know, the signal, the noise argument, there's a ton of signal on, on the listserv right? and minimal noise. Yep. So, all right. Well, I think it's time for breakfast. People are showing up. Thank okay. you for, well, thank for talking you, with us. Yep. Okay. We thank you for listening. You can find a bunch of our other podcasts at ilsr.org slash podcasts. Since this is a new show, I'd like to ask a favor. Please give us a rating wherever you found it, especially at Apple Podcasts. Share it with friends. You can even embed episodes on your own site. Please let us know what you think by writing us at podcast at communitynets.org. Finally, We'd like to thank josephmckay.com for the song On the Verge.